One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees, promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. Manchester United in the week. Here's to Maury Gray. There's Richardson and Everton have their breakthrough goal. A minute into the second half, Gladys Street demanded and was rewarded. It's about to get a bit louder. Beyond valuation, they are not yet safe, but boy, are Emerson a whole lot safer now because Frank Lampard beats Chelsea. Phil Goodison Park breathe. I mean, it's the greatest game in the world, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's the greatest game in the world. What a performance yeah. <laughs> by your old club. Tim, yeah. what are your emotions? Well, football fans are incredible. Uh, you know, you, you wonder why sometimes they want the players to fight and scrap. It's because they'll get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and set off fireworks. They'll flood the streets. They'll mm. get in. You know, we heard Peter Drury talk about how, in, how electric the atmosphere was in there. And, Robbie, yeah. we've watched football forever you've played it longer than i've watched it i'm not sure i've ever seen scenes like no. that no. post game no. at a match it's the size of the club yeah. it's the yeah. size of everton it's gonna it feels like could get them over the line absolutely you you asked the question at the beginning there how big would it be if everton go down that's how big
paraphrase Sam Fender there. It felt like they've given up too many times before, but Everton are still there fighting. Hello again, Evertonians. Welcome back to the Toffee Web Podcast. Coming to you in the wake of what was a potentially seismic win over Chelsea, delivered by Richarlison's clinical finish, Jordan Pickford's brilliance between the sticks, and another huge assist, of course, from Goodison Park's 12th man. Paul, Adam and I are here to review it all. Look ahead to our next cup final, in quotes, and the trip to Leicester on Sunday. Lads, how's the heart rate? Steady enough. A little better. Yeah, a lot better than it was, uh, <laughs> I don't know, 48 hours or whatever that was ago. So, yeah, it was incredible, wasn't it, the game on um, on Sunday. Um, amazing match to be at. The, the atmosphere was incredible, as you, as, you, as you obviously know, and obviously before the game and everything was just a, oh, it's an incredible, incredible day. And, yeah, it made me, it just struck me afterwards. It was just a you. We've had this enough. I felt this enough times, but certainly probably not as much as that. How much we'll miss Goodison Park when it goes. Um, it'd be, yeah. um, be you know, obviously we we need to move. It's it's you know we're all excited for for the for the new stadium. It's it, it's it's something that needs to happen. But blimey, to 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 think that you know, not too distant future there won't be days like that anymore. It's uh, at Goodison Park. It's um, it's a sad fall because it was just uh, just incredible. It's uh, it's an incredible place when it's uh, when it's like that, isn't it? Doesn't doesn't get much, doesn't get any better really. Yeah, and and obviously not not just inside the ground as well. Obviously the build up um, was something else, um, and I think I know in sort of recent weeks we've we've kind of mainly gone with the sort of positive spin on things, even when it's not always felt that way. But I mean that that sort of mentality that fighting spirit it you know you could you can see how much it, it rubs off on the players you could see it in the sort of way they carried themselves and, and obviously you heard it um afterwards from from the manager um from the players as well so yeah I mean obviously yeah looking ahead to a new ground it's yeah both you know positive uh but also yeah as you say a little a little bit of sweet but I think um sort of yeah more pertinent than that is these, these next couple of games at home because if we can sort of keep that same feeling going and hopefully get a little bit of that um into away performances if not necessarily the same sort of uh tribalism uh from the uh from the support but um i think yeah if, if we can carry that forward into those last few home games i mean yeah sunday just gave us all that that injection that we all we all needed even even those of us who have been sort of trying to you know sort of keep it together and you know so put, <laughs> yeah. put a really brave face on a, a really sort of frightening scenario but um yeah it was oh, it was it was wonderful it's wonderful uh, i've made the point before but, you know it, it bears repeating that what, what the fans have created you know in in recent weeks you know the passion the noise that this kind of single-minded refusal to let this club just fade away into the championship without a bloody good fight i mean it's not normal i mean this is this is a unique. This is like a unique, um, a unique response, I think, for a club in, in our situation, um, and that came across um, in spades on on the NBC Sports coverage uh, over in the states. Um, the audio of which I used on the intro to this episode um, as a change of pace, and as Rebecca Lowe said, there it's, it's the size of the club and what it means to us fans. Um, and it shouldn't be taken for granted at all what what the Blues as a fan base, as a whole, but particularly the match going supporters have done, you know, and just how important it has been to, to to this bid to stay up. Because if this club stays in the Premier League, it'll, it'll be down to the fans every bit as much as 
you know, as those who have made it happen on the pitch, like Richarlison and, and Jordan Pickford and, and Anthony Gordon, etc. I mean, we've wondered how many times, um, you know, the fans could go back to the well and drag more energy and stomach for the fight out of themselves, um, let alone the players. And, and as a collective, I mean, it's just absolutely incredible how, um, you know, we've been able to muster more of it because I think this has been the longest season of my life and it feels like the next three weeks are going to be an eternity. Um, you know, 94, 98, 99 were similar, but maybe because I, maybe I'm so much more invested in it all now after two more decades since, you know, following this club and devoting almost every waking hour to uh, thinking about its plight and managing the website. It's just been so much more emotionally draining this time around. Um, a big part of me would just have to fast forward to the final day and <laughs> just see how it all turns out. But I, I suppose the, um, the torturous journey is all part of fandom, isn't it? <laughs> I got yeah I I got to go about like sort of eleven thirty and it was um it was it was very busy then that was like you know a little bit you know a bit before everything was really supposed to start a fair bit before the players were supposed to arrive and there's blue flares everywhere then and people singing and chanting drinking cans on the streets at whatever time and it was um it was just it felt amazing then I wish I'd have stayed around now to see it all to to to, to see it to see my with the dog to see everything that went on at the um, I, you know it just looked an amazing thing and a few of the other guys did and they were just saying oh, I, you know I almost welled up it was just absolutely you know just just incredible to see the support and um the, the players have come out and said enough about it haven't they called and said some nice words about it and a lot of the social medias where you show you know showing on them on the bus and how much they sort of appreciated it and liked it and yeah, I wish I'd have probably seen a bit more of it in hindsight. It was absolutely amazing. Just a bit of sore, and I wish I'd have uh, seen a bit more. It was, but then going into the ground, the atmosphere just, yeah, it, it just carried on. It was just, um, it was just fantastic. It was for minute one, and I think the Charleston straight out from the opening kickoff, and um, did we win a free quick free kick quite early? It set the tone really early doors, mm-hmm. didn't it? And Everton was just, uh, just on the front foot, and just um, what they needed to be, and. Um, I think the you know the fans can be very very proud that they've they've played a big part in that. Um, not to say Everton you know wouldn't have responded regardless, um, but the certainly the, the the supporters made a massive massive difference, and um, they've said that as they've said as much. I think some of the players haven't they, like Coleman, and um, the way the players responded was just absolutely absolutely brilliant, and. Let's hope that that just carries on. It, it, it has to, doesn't it? For the you know if we're gonna if we're gonna um, get out of this um, get out of this mess. Big games coming up. We need to need to get something away from home. It's um, something we haven't done really all season. And um, yeah. I've said before, I just I don't I can't fathom that we're going to go a whole season with just the one one away win. I think the next two games are great opportunities to arrest that. Um, why not get back to back wins at Leicester? Who, you know, surely a bit you know a bit on the beach of the Premier League, especially just after they play Roma away. Why can't we go to what? what Potentially, already be a relegated Watford by the time we play them, you know. So why can't we go there mm. and, uh, you know, two, if, if you're looking for two, two like sort of three hit away wins, and there, there's two big opportunities there. And if you can win them going into the next home game, then sure you'd be in a in a much much stronger position. And imagine what the atmosphere would be then if we know knowing that if we you know if going into that Brentford game gives us even more of a of a great chance, then the atmosphere could be absolutely incredible again. And you're back the fans to um the guys who've created all this, um good on them and you're back them to do it again for the next two games. I'm sure it'll be um two more special um two more special games at Goodison Park, which uh that's all hope just uh plays a big contribution in um in keeping us in the league to go to go again next season. 
Yeah, it's it's been amazing. I was I didn't try and go to Wimbledon in '94, but I did go to Coventry, and I I got to the ground a few hours early, and it was it was eerily quiet, like completely opposite to, to what Sunday was like. Um, it was just kind of this this sort of calm before the storm sort of feeling of and this uneasy feeling. Um, and, you know, there was nothing like obviously what 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 was greeted the the players um, before the game on Sunday. And so it's, uh, as you say, it's testament to, you know, the, the groups and the, and the people who have rallied beforehand, you know, the EFC, um, fans forum, that, that kind of, that siege mentality message they put out, that, that was fantastic. I think it's, um, you know, we've, we've rallied as a, as a fan base, um, to an unprecedented degree. And it's, um, it's amazing. I mean, this, this, you know, everyone talks about, how if Everton do go down this season, you know the club will have, have will only have itself to blame, and it'll, you know because of its own mistakes. But you know, there's unquestionably, the fans do not deserve to go down. Um, they've done absolutely everything that could possibly be asked of them to keep this team in the Premier League. Yeah, completely. Uh, and I think I think one other sort of thing to sort of say about that galvanising effect that we've definitely seen um, is emo. You know, the change in manager didn't necessarily have the sort of, you know, instant, you know, effect that sometimes these managerial appointments have. Um, and it's and it's not been a, a sort of easy ride. Um, I think you've got to give credit to Lampard, not always for the decisions he's made on the pitch, but certainly the way he's communicated with the fans and brought people together. And, you know, some of those sort of moments in the season, you know, breaking his hand in the celebrations, you know, even the, seeing the reactions of himself in the tunnel after the game against a side that obviously he's got a you know a, a lot of history with you know um seeing how much it meant um and the way that sort of relationship with the fans has built back i mean let's be honest it, it couldn't really get any worse could it under under benitez um in terms of that sort of uh, that back and forth but um i think i think that's had a big factor cuz you know it 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 would have been easy i think certainly after the burnley game where we're all just you know incredibly crestfallen it would have been easy for that to feed onto the pitch, but even in games we've lost recently, I, I don't think we've we've questioned the character of the players um, in the same way that we would have done early in the season. Um, and yeah, partly it's that positivity, but I also think yeah, you know, you, Lampard certainly built what what appears to be a much better culture uh, between hey, eight word culture. I don't know why I use that, but um, yeah, um, I think it's uh, it's 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 certainly a lot healthier, and yeah. Boy, do we need it going into these last few games? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that's well, one. That's one great thing about Lampard is um, he just how much he seems to get it. Like uh, how much he seems to yeah love being a part of Everton. And um, now that you're sort of seeing this sort of team come together and yeah, we're seeing the better performances, even like you say in some of the games that we lost. And I quite look forward to it, the games that we, when we um, when we do win. You know, and you. He, he sort of waits for the players to all have their sort of moment with the crowd, and afterwards you just see him come along. You see, he's like, "Come on!" How much he really, really gets it. You know, he just seems like such, such a part of it. And as you say, the sort of like the tunnel access footage is really good, um, and showed that after the uh, after the Chelsea game as well. He's just, uh, yeah, I just like that he seems to get it. It's, it's a guy I think we're, we're all quite behind. Well, I think most of us like the way the way he talks, the way he speaks speaks quite fondly and passionately about Everton, and um, he's, you know, it just seems like a a good guy to have there, and like the team he's built together, and just hopefully he can um, kick on now. The, 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 the team seem very, what's the word? They seem 
So they're quite confident they can do this. It seems sort of very sort of committed to the task now, the lads, don't they? Because even the games they lost, they yeah. lost. We see they've been quite t- quite tight. I think they're not under any illusions as to what needs to be done, are they? You know, I think the um, the some players coming back from injury has, has helped. I think he's he's being sensible in how he's managing the players. I mean, uh, we'd all love to have seen yeah Delph and me available for the derby, but pragmatically, you know, it's like well, if it's games, if it's a game too many, and it means he it gives us less opportunity in the derby then. So be it. We got to go for the games that we're more likely to win, and yeah, how, how he manages Mina in them coming games remains to be seen. Same with Delft, but um, using this squad squad well, like making good decisions. The Corley's come back into it, into the fold quite nicely. Taking Alan out was a lot, perhaps a little bit of a surprise to everyone, but again, good uh, good use of um, you know, good good management. And then Alan was fresh, ready to come in on 70 minutes when um, when Delft was timing, you know. So just using that squad well, and hopefully you're just. We're just clicking along quite nicely now and getting it. So, um, yeah, I'm quite confident in the players all of a sudden. And you probably couldn't even have said that. Let's even say three, four games ago, let alone 10, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, a bit more optimism just in the players and themselves as much as anything else at the moment. Yeah, it feels, it feels different. It feels more normal, if you like, because we've got players, we've got options now where before we, we were, I mean, for the, for the midfield, we were, you know, literally just scratching around trying to find, you know, a warm body to put in there um, that wasn't, you know, 16 years old or, or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it feels to me as though the platform is there with the, the numbers that we now have uh, to play more like a team that should be further up the table than it actually is. You know, the team that was built really to um, to, to challenge for Europe um, whether they can make that that psychological shift away from you know scrapping for their lives at the bottom um, to being more of a, a confident um, possession-based team, I mean, given the circumstances, probably not. Um, but it does, it does again. It does. It feels to me as though um, with these players back fit, with the likes of Mina and all those midfield options now, that we can start playing um, with a bit more confidence. And that result on Sunday can only help. Yeah, it's it's a good chance, isn't it? You'd think, um, yeah, obviously, better away trip in Europe. Also, they're coming off the back of a, a poor result. Um, you know, they're probably a bit more stretched than us. And yeah, have it, having the options, you know, having someone like Alan to come off the bench rather than, as you say, sort of scraping around and having, you know, the likes of Holgate, who, you know, looked obviously uh, a lot more comfortable um, in a back four than he did sort of in that midfield area and you know you could say about a lot of players um i mean let, let, let's face it to a man on sunday we were we, we were just brilliant every, every single player um contributed obviously a lot of the plaudits will go to pickford um which i'm sure we'll we'll speak about further because yeah that's safe um so <laughs> i still keep watching it it's still one of those but i i I expect the net to bulge and you, and your heart sinks. It's that good a save. I think even now, watching it back. Um, but, um, but obviously, yeah, he'll get a lot of applaudits. Richardson for the goal, which is a great finish. Um, you know, the likes of Gordon and Iwobi for the sheer amount of running. Mina, who was colossal. Um, but yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the players who, you know, it sort of be a bit unsung in that, you know, Coleman was magnificent, you know, real captain's performance. You know, nasty, annoying. Uh, you know, but but also, you know, sort of did did have those chances to break. I think Lampard's found a really good way of playing against these sides who have got confidence on the ball. He said, Lyndon, you know, which 
you know, we haven't always got, but even even then, I'd say we're, we're starting to get a little bit of that mojo back. You know, even in those mm-hmm. times. Yeah, I agree. But the chances we created in this game, as opposed to the Liverpool game, similar similar possession, uh, but you know, you you come away from that game, and I, I don't think anyone. Um, even a staunch Chelsea fan like my brother-in-law, who sort of I think secretly wanted us to win, um, but uh, <laughs> he, he even he would sort of hold his hands up and say, you know, we you know we, we certainly didn't deserve to lose a game with the chances that we had. Whereas you know the derby, obviously, um, we didn't we didn't quite sort of fashion those really obvious chances. But you know it, it could have you know could have been two at the end with the grey chance. Certainly could have been three with that. You know. Army Rondon run where I really thought that was you know mm-hmm. I was just going to start bawling um, and crying and crying my eyes out because I hadn't breathed for uh, about thirty minutes at that point I don't think um, but um, yeah I think to, to to a man we were we were excellent and I think any any performance near that level from those kind of players and as well as being aware of the fact that you know we can potentially move systems around we can sort of swap players out as you say the likes of Mina you know maybe you know does he play straight away we don't know you know we can we can at least there's options you know Keane's come in recently and 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 looked look look better as well so I'd certainly feel confident as confident as I can be about an away game going into a Leicester game um because yeah really you know how how can you how can you not go into that with that extra spring in your step after after a win like that and after the, the response it's got. I mean, you know, they, they, they've probably just been floating in the training ground all week, you know, and if, if we can carry that, if we can carry that on and get some kind of result, um, it suddenly starts to look a lot better. Yeah. Got, they've got a t- tough trip to Rome, haven't they, on Thursday? They've got, obviously, Mourinho, not never manager you want to face in a, in a semi-final, I wouldn't have thought, and you, just, you know, he, he knows all the tricks, doesn't he, Jose? And, yeah, whether Leicester will get get the Mourinho treatment there. Um, I suppose the best, probably the best scenario is that uh, they, they come back from that a bit deflated, having gone out of Europe, and then they got another game a few days later. And I think in in I, we're, we're not drawing for them. They'll they'll they'll, they'll rest players, I'm sure, against Everton. They won't be their first eleven. Um, so. Yeah, if they could, if, if they lose that, this point, I, I keep doing this though, and I, it's probably not a lot of point looking into the, yeah, looking ahead to what other teams are doing. And um, if, we, if we do the job ourselves, then it's no problem. But in any events, it's um, we're, we're playing a Leicester, which is probably very changed. And the games when they've done that, the um, they lost at Newcastle, where they changed team, they, they failed at the best team against Everton and played pretty well. But we managed to get a draw and missed some, missed some very good chances, as we know. And then they got they got a bit of a hammer at Newcastle, uh, at Tottenham, sorry, at the weekend, didn't they? With again with a mm-hmm. with a changed team. So if that's the form, then fingers crossed we can we can do that. Um, yeah, on the pick, uh, the Pickford save, Jesus. We um, it's just yeah. When that when that went across the goal and from the Gladys Street, I think well, I, I'm not even sure. I can't even remember to be honest if if I knew it had hit both posts or not, but. Whatever happened, it came to when it came to um Aspiracleta. Aspir- 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 <laughs> so you say his name. Yeah, you're right back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it came to him, um, the, uh, yeah, I think even when we saw Pickford had sort of like saved it, you just kind of even from the Gladys she thought it's it's probably gone in. He hit it so hard, it was he was racing across. It's probably gone behind the line and. 
you just like droop the F. You just like I think everyone did for a second. You just couldn't quite believe how he managed to get across and save that. It was just incredible. Um, well, if you listen, if you listen back to the to the um, to the to the noise, the crowd is almost it's almost like a hush. You know, you, you'd think that yeah, a save yeah. like that would be would be kind of greeted like a goal, but I think there was just this sense of disbelief. <laughs> you know what he'd done? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> It's absolutely ridiculous, and then the, obviously the corner too. You're still sort of yeah, like cap, catching your breath, and you were conscious Chelsea at the corner, and you need to switch on. Then we let them in. That was probably one. If there's one criticism of the way we defend, I suppose it was too easy that corner. It was a very easy header, mm-hmm. very simple. Would have been a very simple goal had not got in. I was I was just as impressed with that save. Yeah. I mean, like you say, like you know, make yourself big, and somebody said, oh, he got a bit lucky, not his hands like that. For me, that's just him being big, and but like level self. What you just say is like you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> save. Doesn't matter how you save, you save your head. That's that that that's as good to save. You know. But, um, and that was just as impressive the way he saved that. And then when he was down for the minutes, obviously you saw the replay at that point. And that that moment when he got up, it was you know it was in your heart that when he when he when he got up and he got that massive round of applause. And I think the mm-hmm. camera showed him. You could see his face. And he's obviously been through quite a not so much the last twelve months, but certainly the last two three years, he's been through quite a tough journey. Jordan Pickford, obviously, what happened to him last season, or the stick he got after the um, the Van Dyke challenge, the some mistakes. Um, he's going through some terrible form, getting a lot of stick, and it's good to see him at the other side now. And there's, I don't think there's any real doubt from anybody that he's England's best keeper. I don't think he's. Um, I mean, he's getting a lot more plaudits now, and he's, he, the way he's turned himself around is uh, quite remarkable and um, good on him. And seeing him make saves like that and contribute so massively towards his winning such a big game has really made up for him because he's obviously had a tough journey and it's uh, good on him. But those two saves were as remarkable as, as, as you get. I know we made some other, other saves later in the game, but those two in particular in quite, quite quick succession, absolutely remarkable. And uh, credit, credit to him, really, really, uh, really proud of him there. And uh, the, yeah. crowd, the, the crowd should be proud of the way they all you know got behind him there. It was really, uh, really quite a, quite a, quite a poignant moment. So, uh, yeah, good on, good on you, Jordan, there. Yeah, it's it's long overdue recognition, I think, from the from the wider game and the media because it's almost like the you know they've forgotten about him since the Liverpool that that derby incident, um, you know, and there's this apart from his England performances, but there's always been this sort of hum in the background of as as that um, that Dominic King article for the Mail um, alluded to that you know the, the, that he's error prone and he's you know he's um, you know he's a bit of a bit of a wild card. But I mean, since what is it? A little over a year ago, when I think some, and including myself, actually, were still questioning whether he had the mentality to 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 be an absolutely top keeper. I mean, he, since almost since I made that point, he's been absolutely brilliant. I mean, he has been he has been at a, at a at a level of consistency that I that I admit I never thought he would reach. Um, you know, so it's testament to. Um, you know, to his maturity and the work that he has done on his own game and, and his own focus, because he he has been, I think, perhaps our most consistent player um, over the last 12 months, 12, 15, 16 months for me. And you forget as well, I mean, obviously, you know, we've had some great keepers over the years, but a lot of the ones we're sort of fondest of have been at the club, you know, a very sort of, you know, the sort of age you expect a goalkeeper to be at, you know, in some cases... Mm-hmm. You know, seen as sort of, you know, I was too old to be a goalkeeper then, like, so, you know, sort of Southall towards the end of his career and uh, certainly Nigel Martin. Um, but, you know, pl- players who, who had a reputation but had the experience to back it up as well. Um, you know, even Tim Howard, um, 
you know, was was sort of a little younger when he joined, but you know, n- nothing like Pickford. You know, you, you're talking about a very young player when we signed him from Sunderland. So yeah, of course, there were moments of immaturity, and um, and but I, I think you know, it's it sort of slightly ties in with the sort of wider issue we're talking about with some of the media treatment um, towards some of our players, but also particularly, I think, because of him sort of being England's goalkeeper, I think there's always just going to be that massive spotlight on that position. Yeah, absolutely. And it's and, and it, I think it's further credit to him when you look at the sort of careers of some of those players who, you know, sadly have kind of like, you know, wilted a bit under that pressure. You know, there was, there was a lot of sort of young, you know, highly rated England goalkeepers, you know, your Paul Robinsons maybe... Um, Chris Kirkland, Rob Green, yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I, you know, I think you know the fact that Pickford sort of you know rode that, and like, and like you say, I think you know it, only the sort of weirdest football fan to me would sort of go, oh, Aaron, Aaron Ramsdale's a better goalkeeper. I think you know it's just <laughs> Pickford's got it all. He, you know, he can, he's you know his dis- distribution's never really been sort of questioned sort of too much. Um, although I guess you know we've not had as many kind of chances to utilize it as much this season with. Um, Calvert Lewin being out, but um, but I think yeah, you know, in, in terms of his consistency, like you say, he's, he's had a he's had a great season, um, and and Sunday was yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's hopefully the most work he does in a game for a while. You know, you just want him to have a few sort of little seven out of tens now and not not, not do anything. <laughs> nice, really. wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, just a quick one on that as well. I'd like to um, bit of credit to um, Carlo Ancelotti for like uh, taking him out of the limelight with that problem because he was like stuck towards the beginning of last season or maybe in the first sort of 15 or whatever games of last season he was making a lot of mistakes and then obviously that happened in the, in the derby and uh, bringing in Robin Olsen was a big move to allow Jordan to obviously come out of the team I think he's still a sports mm-hmm. psychologist and obviously Jordan's still got to do all that himself he's still got to build his way back in there but it was uh, yeah I think Carlo Ancelotti had a bit had a bit of a role on that as well so yeah um, good work there because yeah wasn't the easiest probably not the easiest thing you got a goalkeeper not performing to when you know you got belief in him to to, to help get him back to it it's uh it's, it's it's not an easy thing i wouldn't have thought so uh yeah good work there as well i think he was quite well looked after last season also by our by our manager mm. and that experience cover as well sort of you know obviously yeah. begovic now rather than olsen but again you know maybe someone who's you know been there a little bit longer who can sort of have a, have a word in his ear you know as well as the competition that gives you know so um but, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's certainly come on since then. It's a good point that you make about the um, yeah the other. I didn't really think about that. The, the other goal, the other goalkeepers that uh, played for England that have been quite young and fell by the wayside, lost the way for for various reasons, like the ones you mentioned. It's a good point, isn't it? It's um, it's high pressure being the England goalkeeper and to come through the other side of it. And I, I, I make, make did he make two two penalty saves in yeah. the final? Yeah, I mean it's like you know, um, yeah. amazing, wasn't it? A really great Euros. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> good on him, and yeah, proud to have our man as a uh, as England number one. So fantastic, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, he obviously wasn't the only one. <clears throat> I think he probably got right through the team. Um, God, Yeri Mina, what a difference he makes! He's just he's just a colossus, isn't he? Uh, back then, uh, the way that he just he winds up opposition players. I mean, it's uh, he's it worth an, the price of admission form. on his own. It is an art yeah. form. It absolutely. Is. I mean, just the way that he was baiting Kai Havertz and, and how Havertz went as long as he did with before getting booked. You know, it was it was, it was amazing. <laughs> but it was just uh, just constantly uh, constantly needling him, 
I love the way he kept going around, but every time Pickford would smother the ball, he'd go over and, and put his knee on his back and say, okay, just take a, take a few more seconds, a few more seconds, you know, and then, and then release him. So, yeah, but uh, I think lots of people have said that had he been fit for most of this season, we wouldn't be, you know, we wouldn't be where we are. Uh, I think we'd you know, definitely have much more defensive solidity back there. Um, and uh, you could see... Well, Mason Holgate had one of his one of his much better games as well alongside him. It, it's just the difference that um, that an experienced and dominant centre half can uh, can make um, to a team. Which I think, um, just on on the whole defensive setup, I think Lampard hasn't always got it right this season. But I think he got his formation spot on um, on Sunday. He, uh, you know, <clears throat> mirroring Chelsea's formation, I think was the best thing that he could do, um, and it, it worked to a T. Yeah, it was um, it's excellent. The yeah, we mean, I mean, like a couple of seasons ago, even like it, I I felt he was getting like too much. He was focusing too many on trying to wind too much on trying to wind opposition up and getting himself a bit wound up and doing it. And it wouldn't always work, you know what I mean? But he's mm. um, <laughs> I guess he's matured. That probably wouldn't be the right, the most appropriate <laughs> terminology because a lot of the stuff he doesn't do isn't mature. <laughs> quite, quite the opposite in a, way, in a way, but certainly he's I don't know he's found that balance a bit better of like how to wind up opposition and uh, yet stay focused on the game a lot more. And I think um, if I go back a few seasons, I think a few tussles with um, who's the striker at, uh, at Newcastle now he used to be at Bournemouth, Wilson. Um, he did he, he let him get the better quite a bit, but he just. I don't know, just trying to get in his ear too much and not really working and the player's not responding to it. And that's just one example I can think of at the top of my head. And um, I, wasn't, I wasn't that convinced by him, but certainly he's been a massive loss this season when he hasn't been available. And last season, I thought he put in a lot of good performances. The problem's obviously always just been availability, um, particularly the last couple of seasons. But um, yeah, I just the, I think when, he, when, he, when you've got a player doing that and he's on your side, you just love it, don't you? When it's against you, it's like, oh, yeah. yeah but like when he's... Um, when he's for you, it's just uh, it's just great. And uh, yeah, how he didn't, how Havertz didn't lose his rag sooner in the game is a bit um, bit surprising. And I think more that the, the most uh, important thing was that it really put Havertz off his game. Um, he just wasn't. He was getting wound up. He was getting touchy. And he's a he's a, he's a darn darn fine fine player. He was a really 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 good player when he's at it. And yeah, when um, just having me in his face the whole game and playing up to his antics worked worked a treat, I imagine, and uh, certainly put him off. Um, and put Chelsea off the game a lot as well. So um, yeah, good work. You got to admire them, them dark arts of the game, of the game when they come <laughs> off and when they come in your favour. And uh, it certainly did on the, on this occasion. So uh, yeah, good on you, Yeah, It's uh, that's uh, that's keep them on ice and in cotton wool until <laughs> for every game now. We really need them fit, don't we? Yeah. Makes such a difference. More more fake headbutts. Um, that was that was, <laughs> that was wonderful. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's 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 interesting because he he kind of like raises the temperature of the sort of opposition players around him when he when he gets it right, as you say. But I think you know more importantly, he he just sort of he, he just seemed to calm everyone down. He certainly certainly calmed down some of the more sort of rash impulses we've seen from Holgate at times. Um, and um, I, I think as well, you know, if, if we're sort of talking about the uh, the back four as well, well, sort of you know defensive part of the pitch, uh, Mikalenko as well, another really. Really mature performance from him. Um, who looks like he's really settled in. Um, mm-hmm. got, got forward again. A lot of selfless running from him, which is you know something you know we, we still see from Coleman. But it's, it's something obviously for years that Coleman did. You know, very sort of willing runner who, who would sort of get up and down the pitch. Um, 
and you know cause problems just by being there sometimes you know even if you know they're not necessarily you know getting that sort of you know getting on the end of anything um obviously nearly scored which would have really you know been a been a whirlwind couple of minutes um and he, yeah. he he rushes it doesn't he you know he's he's already sort of seen the headlines and it i mean it it, it would have been fantastic but um in, in the fact that he's up there um at that stage of the game you know where you know could quite easily have been sort of sat sat back very deep which obviously you know it, it sort of got to that stage um but uh yeah that's the that's the element that he needs to add isn't it the the attacking element because i, I, I the way he's been playing for the last month he's been defending better than Luca mm. Dean was yeah you know that was one yeah. of the bigger criticisms of Luca Dean was you know the fact that most people would would have been I think okay losing him in the summer if it had been done the right way um but I think if so I mean if, if Michelin if this is the way that Michelenko is going to play for Everton I think he's going to be a better defender than Luca Dean and if he can add the, the attacking component and the goal scoring component then then you really do have the complete package yeah I think it'll be interesting to see when when we have got you know a sort of settled forward line as well when you know if, if you have got the likes of you know Calvert Lewin or um, obviously mm-hmm. you know Richardson's coming off the back of the goal so you know it's, I'll give, give him that little bit of a jolt as well but having those options in the middle I think you know and I'm basing this purely on the sort of the old you know YouTube research when we signed him so um, you know might might be totally wrong but uh, he, he he does seem like somebody who puts in a sort of low low ball you know the, the kind you were sort of crying out for recently, Lyndon, and that we saw from, mm. um, you know, where Calvert-Lewin the sort of season season before last. So I think, you know, if, if, if we can start, yeah, sort of, you know, if you can keep getting in those positions and in, in the games where we do sort of need to take it to the opposition a bit more, um, you know, those remaining home games particularly, I think having him as an option, yeah, I, I think it's it's another one where I think just just that bit of a confidence boost for him, you know, if, if he sort of, you know, if, if he does put in a good ball, you can see everything he's done so far, he's, he's just sort of grown a little bit in stature um, and um, it's it, it's nice to see, but but again, you know, it's it's so hard to single out individuals because, I mean, even in someone like Damari Gray, who, you know, again, didn't quite come off for him with that, you know, that chance, um, that chance he had, but just the sheer work rate that he was putting in and, you know, tackles flying in again. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he, he seems to have his knack for making these really good sort of last-ditch blocks and tackles at the minute. Um, and, you know, in his and, own box. Yeah, in his, his own box, which yeah. is certainly not the, the player we thought we were signing. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, and he probably didn't think he'd be, you know, in a relegation battle defending <laughs> his own box, to be fair. But, um, yeah. but again, I think I think that, that sort of shows how quickly some of these players have, you know, term a narrative. It will be being the other obvious example of that, where you know you can go from sort of zero to you know hero really, um, just through sheer, sheer will, sheer effort. Um, so you know, again, more more of the same. It's that moment near the end on the Demarvi Gray when he just chased the ball and booted the ball, just booted the ball out of play, like high into the I think the the, the ball into the thing, like uh, late in the game, and uh, that 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 just brought a massive change. You know, it bought Evan a lot bit of time, but um, so I saw like the uh, saw a bit of the game back, and you saw like the the camera zoomed in on him, and he was just like there puffing his cheeks out, exhausted. He ran himself into the ground. He might not have had the most productive game, no, but you, I remember saying to Steele when he did that, he's like, can't fault him for effort, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he's not playing well. He, he's still he's still buzzing around, doing his best, you know. So um, 
Gadonan. Mikalenko, <clears throat> you're right. It's 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 quite remarkable how well he's um, improved, uh, how quickly he's improved and become just a, a part of the team. It's it's not even really. It doesn't really feel like an issue left back now, does it? You know, it's just these um, very, you know very comfortable there. Not nothing really gets past them and. Um, in terms of attacking there, but yeah, obviously you'd have to agree. He doesn't doesn't provide anything like as much as we'd need in the attacking areas. But given yeah, let, 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 let's hope we stay in the Premier League. And um, given that full pre-season and real, real chance and time to work on things, hopefully with a you know fully fit Calvert Lewin or whatever else, you know, um, just given time, given opportunities uh, to get forward and practice on these things, then. You might just see more of him. You might just you might just be able to add that element to a game. He's still very young, isn't he? Mm. Was he twenty one or something like that? Twenty two. You know, he's a he's a young yeah he's a young player vitally. Yeah. So like um, plenty of time for him to work on that side of the game. And I guess from a from a fullback position, you you want to get the get the defensive side right first, you know. And uh, hopefully that's something he can he can think forward as well. But um, We've waited long enough now without, without bringing up Richarlison, I think, haven't we? He's, um, and uh, obviously, he deserves a special mention for for just an yep. incredible effort, really, um, for the game, and obviously scoring the winning goal and just uh, just showing what what Evertonians love about him, really, Richarlison, just giving it, just again, run himself completely into the ground and just 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 giving everything for the team and for the club and. Uh, Great to see and great to see him score the goal. Great to see the the, the scenes on the celebration were just uh, just wild in the, in around Goodison Park and in the in in the Gladys Street. It was just a just an incredible moment and um, yeah, we'll we'll just need him to carry on that form of Char- or carry on them performances for Charleston, won't we? You think for the for rest of the season, you'd, you'd assume now he's probably going to be the you know up front for nearly all them games now. You would have thought. I can't see Dominic really. Fitness-wise, coming back in, you can't see Rondon getting a big run of games. So I think it'd be for Charles and be the main striker for most of the games now, and um, that's what we need. The, all the effort that he gives, and um, yeah, I just love watching him when he's like that. He just uh, terrorises the defenders, works, you know, works his nuts off, and just uh, gives you absolutely everything he's got, doesn't he? And uh, yeah, I think he fully deserved the winning goal there. He's the talisman, isn't he? He's the warrior. I mean, he, yeah. he's absolutely <laughs> living living every moment of this this relegation battle you know on and off the pitch you know he's he's you know sending messages on instagram and um it's i was talking to um talking to david france and he, he said you think he'll go in the summer and i said he probably will whatever happens and i think that if he does he'll go without blessing because i mean he is he's poured his absolute heart and soul into it um and nobody on that team deserves to um, to keep us in the Premier League than him. He's just, uh, yeah, he's um, he's inspirational. Yeah, the goal the goal sums him up as well, doesn't it? Because again, it just comes from just you know how how many times is he making those you know lost cause runs and mm-hmm. you know and he, he obviously pressures Aspilicueta who yeah you know has a bit of a soft moment but you know let's be frank you know he's a you know a quality player Aspilicueta who's sort of you know experienced enough but Richardson's onto him so quickly um and then obviously when it breaks to him that that composure that quality um it's he, just he, clinical oh clinical. yeah yeah and we we really need that going forward but yeah, as you say, you know, I think we've said a few times, you know, where we sort of, you know, either heart back to sort of old teams or, you know, players we like to see. And, um, you know, I, I know we, we sort of alluded to Tim Cale a lot. And I think, you know, Richarlison's got a same of that, you know, you know, a bit of a bastard element to him, which which we like, you know, that, that kind of, you know, when, when he when he gets knocked, um and he gets that bit between his teeth, um, 
you know, he he he, he can really sort of. He, he, he can drive everyone else on around him. And I think, even though we've not always had the most sort of organised setup at times, you know, said, you know, attacking wise, sometimes it's been a bit rushed and sometimes the press has been a bit like, you know, I'm going to run, you know, but he's he's always the one leading that. He's always the one sort of driving others to do better. And um, yeah, he, he, he deserved that goal um, on Sunday. And yeah, it was, it was, it was a great goal. Um, could have, could have been a penalty as well, couldn't it? I mean, you know, the sort of the, the, should, yeah. the other yeah. way it could have worked out was a sort of, you know, Aspilicueta, who I, th- I think he was on a booking, but either way, he was a last man, wasn't he? Um, you know, he easily could have gone for that. Um, and, and the chance might never happen, but um, yeah, obviously, yeah, happy, happy, happy about it. it panned out. Um, so we won't be, won't be talking about VAR too much uh, this week, which is nice, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, um, but he's, he starts out near the touchline now, though, and chases all the way in field. You know, and that's, uh, I mean, obviously that's that's kind of been our MO for the last few weeks, but it's not a given, you know, that mm. a player chases a defender down like that. Um, the, particularly the amount of running that, that Richarlison's just been doing for weeks on end now. Um, I can't remember where I saw it, but it, that, that's the first error that Azpilicueta's made that's led to a goal in his career or something. Wow. Maybe it's maybe it's just in the Premier League, but I mean, yeah. you know, it's, um, it, we were playing the European, reigning European champions and, um, you know, Yes, it was inevitable they were going to create some chances. But if you look at someone like Kai Havertz, who was more or less, you know, kept under wraps for the entire game, um, you know, they've got they've got too many too many talented players to be able to to cover them all. Um, so you you know you're going to get chances for for players like Mason Mount. But um, it was just um, you know, I, as I said before, I think I had a feeling that we were going to beat them, but it was still to beat you know the third best team in the country um, in a game as high stakes as that was uh, was pretty special. Another stat I've had, I read was the um, that goal was the, the first goal Everton have scored all season in which it's come directly from a, an opponent mistake has led to the goal. That's the first time all season yeah. that we've um, scored that, that. Which does to... It, it could, you can look at that either way a, lot, a little bit, I guess. One, like, oh, you could say, oh, we haven't had much luck in that regard. We haven't had too many gifts this season. You could also argue, oh, maybe that's because we haven't been pressing very well for most of the season and they're uh, forcing mistakes from opposition. So maybe the truth's a little bit in between. But yeah, that was um, <clears throat> a surprising start. I didn't, I didn't know that one about, I won't try as, I won't try and say his name again. <laughs> but, um, I, didn't, I didn't know that one about him. But uh, yeah, it just, just goes to show how much he was, um, he was uh, um, happy there. I suppose like, Look at the other way. It probably wasn't the, the the kindest ball to him from Silva. He was under pressure quite yeah. quickly, wasn't he? But uh, mm-hmm. regardless, players like that top, you know, elite players that can normally just quickly find a way out of that, quickly pass it back to the keeper, and yeah, mm-hmm. and he just got that now. So uh, it, it kind of suggests, yeah, it was um, maybe maybe you do put it down to like really really sharp, aggressive pressing more so than um, you know a real terrible terrible mistake. But either way, let's glad <laughs> let's be glad that happened when he did, and glad that Charleston got the goal. And yeah, let's hope he can just keep that streak going a little bit now because, we're, like I say, I think we're going to need them to. We don't get a lot of goals from elsewhere on the pitch, do we? don't get a lot of no. goals, really, full stop. So, um, yeah, we need to, yeah, if he's, hopefully he can just finds that purple patch at the right time now and uh, keep it going. Mm, Watford, you know, ex-team, etc. You've you got to hope that, you know, one of them sort of, <laughs> one of them sort of uh, things sort of happen with that one. And, uh, yeah, um, let's just hope the next couple of away games that were yielding some points. I mean, yeah, if we get four points from that or from greedy six, then that'll just be amazing, you know. So uh, that's would, uh, yeah. that'll be nice. Yeah. So do we think that it was just a bad case of cramp for Richarlison? 
at the end there. I mean, that, that seemed to be what the, the commentators were suggesting, but because, uh, you know, he was running onto the pitch at the end. Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think so, yeah. Um, yeah, he, he, I mean, he, he must have been knackered, you know, the, the distance some of those guys were covering. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just the distance, but, yeah, but those sort of, like, really selfless, like, sprints and just, you know, constantly, constantly at it. Um, but, yeah, hopefully, yeah, Adam sort of wrapped up in cotton wool you know he hopefully had a nice quiet bank holiday you know did a bit of you know diy at home or something just chilled uh-huh. out um because yeah i think we've obviously got we, we've got you know from sunday onwards we've got games thick and fast haven't we which is where you know s- some of the players who are sort of on the periphery a little um who again you know everyone who came on um on sunday as well um i think i think we've almost mentioned every player now. not not speg matt gordon who again was just excellent um um, um, you know, just same same as the other lads going forward. Just just very, very selfless, um, and uh, you know, quality when needed. But yeah, I think you know the likes of Ron Manu who came on and certainly like you know unsettled him. Um, you know that sort of that one barreling run. Deli Ali scoring at the end would have been nice, wouldn't it? Um, if we if we if we're been. being really greedy. Um, but um, but again, those. Those guys, as, as well as some of the others who, who didn't play, you know, you can certainly see the likes of Michael Keane getting games coming up. Um, obviously, Alan, who, who came on as well. Um, it's it's nice to have those options when when you've got that kind of run of games. But I mean, it's, it's going to be an interesting lineup. Obviously, yes, yeah, some it might be dependent on some some of those some of those guys. You know, particularly the likes of Mina, whether they are still being managed a little bit. Um, yeah, but, but then I, I don't know. You, you, you're hoping there's not too much tinkering with that kind of team, even though it's going to be obviously against Leicester away, a different kind of game um, than it was against Chelsea or, or Liverpool for that matter. So you give them a chance. Be you, try telling them he's not going. Try telling them he can't play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, then, no, what were you saying? No, I was going to say, Mina, Mina is, the, is, the, is the one that I would have more concern over. Um, but if he's ready, I mean, I'd play him at Leicester, um, maybe withhold him at Watford, even though he's got you know, you know history of obviously scoring. He scored two goals, didn't he? At yeah. Watford last time, he won 3-2 mm-hmm. and he got two off a corner. So, I mean, maybe, maybe you want to put him in just for the omens. Um, but, I mean, if he plays Leicester and then plays Brentford, I can't see him playing all three. Um, then maybe that would be the... Uh, the best way to manage it. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what, um, I guess we'll wait for, uh, for Frank's uh, press conference on Friday and find out what the, uh, the state of play is with various knocks and <laughs> training, hopefully no training ground incidents and stuff. So, <laughs> All right. Okay. So I want to the weekly question and we're going to circle back to our hero, Jordan Pickford, um, whose heroics have prompted this week's question. And, and so we're asking each other, other than Pickford's save of the season, which which other saves stick in the mind from Everton goalkeepers that either rival that one against Chelsea, come close, or maybe even better at? Adam, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll, I'll have a go. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, Sunday's one is going to take some real topping. Um, but the one that sort of really... Because there's, there's a lot of those kind of... Um, the sort of second save with his face is is a very sort of, you know, Neville Southall save. You know, just just getting him mm-hmm. in, in the way, which is is great. The the first one that sort of really sprung to mind though 
in terms of like that same kind of athleticism was um in in a game that wasn't in any way near as important um uh, against Fulham and I, I did have to check the year because I'm I'm not that much of a stat but it was it was 2012 <laughs> um where Clint Dempsey had a shot and sort of Tim Howard sort of readjusts himself and I think it takes a little nick and he sort of backpedals and um sort of tips it over from there but I I, I just remember that being an incredible save um I was I was at the game and I I, I just remember sort of thinking he's had to really adjust last minute and I guess you know the, the Pickford one, it's got that same level of like, just sort of, it's it's athleticism and it, it's also about awareness. Um, but yeah, that that one stood out. But yes, su- Sunday is really going to take some topping because it's it's really up there. But how, how about you guys? The 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 double Neville Southall save at Wembley in '95 is obviously one which is you know an obvious one which uh, I'm being quite a young lad watching that then and um, you knew it was a keeper who was coming yeah you know, well actually he's, he's still on a few years later didn't he but he um you know it was let's say the twilight of his career he was um yeah and seeing him just make and you knew about him you knew about his presence and whatnot and just uh, seeing that was um <clears throat> was quite incredible and. and Going winning, winning that game, we were obviously massive underdogs. It was um, that was great, and I think another one in the in the lead up to the getting to Wembley, thinking the semi final against Spurs, and we hammered Spurs, but then they got a goal, and then I think he made a great save. I think from a cleansman volley, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not sure, but it was a made a two one. But um, more um, more recently, and um, Nigel Martin at uh, Manfield, he made like a string of great saves, and one that stuck in my mind was like it took a big deflection and just managed to get get like a toe on it or a little bit of a nick on it and just divert it around the post, which was um, quite spectacular. But that's the moment sticks in my mind. I don't even think this, <laughs> look, in, in hindsight, it probably wasn't an amazing save, but in um, the Merseyside derby in 99-2000s, um, the one um, which it came back off uh, Hutchison and went in, um, and we didn't get the goal. Earlier in that game, a, a young Stephen Gerrard, that's the drive from inside the box, and Paul Gerrard, of all people, just sprung to his left and just, it uh, wasn't that he saved it, just that it, it was hit at such power. He just saved it and held on to it. It was just incredible because it was Paul Gerrard. It wasn't particularly known for holding on to crosses, <laughs> just, just holding on to this, like, venomous shot, just like, uh, just and that got, like, a big applause from all four crowds at the part of the ground, and most people probably wouldn't remember that one, but that's because it sticks in my head. That somehow it does. You know what I mean? But yeah, giving them all, probably the Nigel Martin one was probably the best uh, the best save out of them. It was just um, didn't really have a right to save it, given the deflection and the way he got it around the post. And I suppose if you get him off the ground, getting the round of applause from the cop for your performance, then I suppose you, have, you probably haven't done haven't done too badly. Um, I think that was in 2003, 2004, around about then, I think. Yeah. But you, Lyndon? Yeah, the, the the Neville Southall one at Wembley was the one that that, that I kept coming back to. It's the first one I thought of. And again, it's not because it's anything particularly acrobatic or, or, or you know outstandingly brilliant, but it was just that it was so important. Um, you know, he had formed a part of that you know, defensive wall in that game because we really were under the cosh um, in the second half. Um, I think it was both were both says to deny um, Paul Scholes. I think. Um, and yeah. so that, that, I think that was the one that uh, just just for the importance of of the saves, um, I, I think in, in more recent times there's there's the Tim Howard save against Southampton. I think people mentioned mm-hmm. um, where he pours the ball off the line, and although it wasn't for Everton, I mean Pickford's save at full stretch um, for England against Colombia at the last World Cup. That's one. Of, that's a save that's that really flew under the under the radar because for, for some reason there wasn't a replay of it that they didn't actually screen Good. a replay. Um, during the game, 
because yeah, we mean a scored from the corner immediately. For, you know, <laughs> no, there you go. That's <laughs> why I was there. But I mean, that was just that was just a phenomenal reach. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, but Southall's catalogue is. I mean, it's just stuffed with brilliant saves. I mean, he was just incredible. I mean, there was a couple from uh, around 1988, I think, against Coventry that were just superb. Um, there's a couple um, from just in Merseyside derbies that I can recall, mm. not specific games, but again, you know, maybe 80, late 80s, early 90s. Uh, there's a Gordon Bank style save that he made against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and then, of course, you know, the one to against uh, Tottenham to deny Mark Falco, which mm. I think was sort of cited as one, one of the, the, the reasons why we won the title that year. Um, but yeah, I think I, I come back to that one, the, the 99, 1995 cup final, um, just again for the importance of it. I think that's the thing, isn't it? The minute the, the Pickford one was sort of talking about in terms of like, yeah, the sort of technical side of it. I mean, it's just hopefully come the end of the season, we're talking about it in that same way, but it's just been a sort mm-hmm. of pivotal, you know, a pivotal moment, um, because, yeah, obviously in the context of a game, it was massive, you know, it got us to three points. Um, but, yeah, at the end of the season, it could be, yeah, it could be worth a lot more than that, couldn't it? Yeah. Well, let's hope it's a turning point because, you know, Leeds was a turning point. Newcastle was a turning point, And the win over United was a turning point. Uh, but none of them has really ignited the team's form, you know, in the way that Burnley and Newcastle have under their, you know, their respective new managers. Um so and we still haven't won consecutive games since um, August, I think. So this, I mean, this. Please let this be the let this be the catalog, the catalyst, because uh, we need it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. All right, we'll wrap it up there for another week. Before we return uh, this time next week to discuss whatever happens at Leicester on Sunday. Fingers crossed, Everton do finally establish some momentum now, win consecutive games for the first time. Uh, as, I, as I say, since uh, since September, I think it is, and give another massive boost to our survival hopes. Until then, thanks so much for listening and supporting the site and the podcast. We appreciate the kind words and the feedback. Uh, so for now, take care. And up toughies. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.